and we're going to turn again to Deuteronomy chapter 22 and we read these verses again that we have been looking at the last few Sundays and uh, we started at verse 6 if a bird's nest chanced to be before thee in the way in any tree or on the ground oh no we go back, back to verse 5 the woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man neither shall a man put on a woman's garment for all that do so are abomination unto the Lord thy God if a bird's nest chanced to be before thee in the way in any tree or on the ground whether they be young ones or eggs and the dam sitting upon the young or upon the eggs thou shalt not take the dam with the young but thou shalt in any wise let the dam go and take the young to thee that it may be well with thee and that thou mayest prolong thy days when thou buildest a new house then thou shalt make a battlement for thy roof that thou bring not blood upon thine house if any man fall from thence thou shalt not sow the, thy vineyard with diverse seeds lest the fruit of thy seed which thou hast sown and the fruit of thy vineyard be defiled another is be forfeited be forfeited thou shalt not plough with an ox and an ass together thou shalt not wear a garment of diverse sorts as of woolen and linen together and those are the ones we've been looking at over the past few weeks we looked last week at the one of building a new house and how it was necessary to build a parapet around it uh, to protect you and to protect those who visit you from falling over the edge and bringing blood upon thy house as it said and we looked at that and we saw that there was a need we saw how the the roofs were used for different things they were used for people went up and prayed on the roofs people went up and got away for a bit of peace and quiet up into the roofs and other other places uh, well, we saw where Samuel and Saul Samuel took Saul up onto the roof to to talk to him when he came looking for his uh, father's donkeys we saw where Peter when Cornelius was uh, sent to him to go and meet with him Peter had been up on the roof praying and we saw that this this parapet that we build around our lives it's to protect our prayer life our thought life our service to others and all those aspects of having a parapet around our roofs <coughs> our thoughts make sure our thoughts are protected very easy to let our thoughts stray these days but one thing I was thinking about this last night again and I think it's the thought here too was that our actions or our lack of actions could affect other people and uh, that that is something which we need to be careful that what we do as Christians does not affect the lives of, of other people uh, detrimentally and I was thinking about that uh, about the story of David do you remember when the ark had been left in a backwater for a long time the ark of the covenant and it was it had been neglected 
by the people of God. The Philistines had sent it back, the Philistines had captured it, and they had sent it back, and they had put it in a cart with a couple of milk cows, and they had woven their way back to where the uh, Israelites were. But then they had left it lying away from Jerusalem, and David had this admirable desire that he wanted the ark brought back into the city of God. What a wonderful desire he had to get put put the ark, which was a symbol of God, back in the proper place in the uh, city of God. But you know, God had certain rules in relation to how the Ark of the Covenant was to be carried and how it was to be uh, used. And David should have been aware of these uh, rules and regulations. And Second Samuel 6, this story is in, David decided he would bring the Ark back. But you know, he didn't follow God's rules. And in... Uh, the verse 4, and they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, who had been looking after it uh, for quite some time. And uh, there was a great crowd of people with psalteries and timbrels and coronets, uh, coronets and everything else accompanying the ark. And in verse 3, they, you see what he did. They set the ark of God upon a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab that was in Gibeah. And Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, drove the new cart. He had copied the way the Philistines had sent the cart back. They had put it in a new cart with a couple of uh, cows. And here David seemed to be copying the way the Philistines had done the same thing. And you know what happened. They came to Nacon's threshing floor. And the, the cart wobbled a bit. And Uzzah put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen shook it. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God smote him there for his error. And there he died by the ark of God. Always felt sorry for Uzzah, because he had been put in this situation by David. And David had copied the actions of the Philistines in trying to bring the Ark of God. His, his, his ideals were right, but he had the wrong principles. And his bad judgment affected other people. And this is a lesson we should have. We make sure that what we do and how we live our Christian lives, that we don't cause other people to fall to fall off. We may be tempted to follow ideas which have worked and which seem to be very successful. But if they're not strictly in accordance with the Word of God, then we should discard them, even though they, they appear to be good. And that's what it says in, in this verse in uh, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 22. It says, That thou bring not blood upon thy house, if any man fall 
make sure that what we do and how we live our lives doesn't cause other people to fall and the blood will be upon thy house it says it will be our responsibility if we cause other people to fall and that was just something else that I thought of in relation to building this parapet around our houses and now we go on to the next few verses <coughs> uh, thou shalt not sow thy vineyard with diverse seeds lest the fruit of thy seed which thou hast sown and the fruit of thy vineyard <coughs> be defiled and here we're back to the question of mixtures mixtures and this time it's thy vineyard we are all placed in this world and we have a life to live and we are building day by day in our work and in our play and we have seeds to sow seeds in our own lives and a vineyard produced wine that was the whole point of a vineyard was to produce wine and Psalm 104 says and wine that maketh glad the heart of man and oil to make his face to shine and bread which strengtheneth man's heart the whole object of producing uh, a, the produce of a vineyard was to produce wine wine to make glad the heart of man the, the fruit that a vineyard owner hoped to produce was one which brought joy to people wine similarly those who are indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God produce or should produce in their lives joy the fruit of the Spirit along with all the others Galatians 5.22 but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, temperance against such there is no law the fruit of the Spirit produces joy in our lives and this vineyard which we have should produce joy in our lives that should be the produce of the seed which we plant into our lives should produce joy so we have this man sowing seed in his vineyard and it says thy vineyard it's our vineyard that we are producing what seed are we sowing in our lives and what seed are we showing to other people that were sowing in our lives Galatians 6 verse 8 for he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reach corruption reap corruption but he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting if we sow seeds of the flesh we will reap fleshly fruit and that leads to corruption but if we sow spiritual seed in our lives it will reap life everlasting 1 Peter 1.23 being born again not of corruptible seed oh if we sow corruptible seed in our lives we will reap corruption but it says we're not born again of corruptible seed but of incorruptible 
by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. Make sure we're not planting corruptible things in our lives. Galatians 6 7 Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. This man, or this person they were warning against here with the vineyard, was not careful as to what seed he was sowing in his life. And it says, Beware, don't plant your vineyard out with different types of seed. They used to apparently grow seed, grow plants in between the vines. And if they grew the wrong plants, it affected the vines. He planted diverse seeds in his field. And what was the result? It said, if you do this, lest the fruit of thy seed which thou hast sown and the fruit of thy vineyard be defiled or forfeited. Forfeited. The fruit would be affected. And the, 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 the end result of the uh, fruit of the vine would be defiled. And the joy which we have would be, it says, defiled or forfeited. The vineyard was producing no fruit, no joy, no peace, no love, and so on. It was forfeited. You forfeited that if you mixed the seeds. That's what it's saying. He mingled the seeds into his vineyard, and as a result, if you do that, the law said, your fruit, the joy which we say was going to be produced at the end result of the wine, was going to be affected. There would be no joy. And today, in many churches, many people's lives as well, what we're doing is they're mingling the seed. They're mingling the seed that's been sown. Leviticus 19 and 19, it's, it's much, it's talking about the same type of thing, but it says, Ye shall keep my statutes, thou shalt not sow thy feed, seed, thou shalt not sow thy field with mingled seeds. Mingled seeds. Don't sow mingled seeds in our lives, that's what it's saying. No, in Colossians two verse six we have these words, and ye have therefore received, as ye have therefore received, Jesus Christ the Lord, so walk ye in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware, he says, you've been you've been established in the faith. You've received Jesus Christ into your lives. Walk with him and in him. Be rooted in him. That's the only seed we can have where we're rooted in him. Built up in him. Established in the faith as ye have been taught. Abounding therein with thanksgiving. That's the, the ideal way we should be living. Rooted and founded and in Christ Jesus. But then he goes on to say, Beware, lest any man spoil you. Spoil the fruit which has been sown in your lives. And look what it says. It is this. I thought this was very modern. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit 
after the, the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Beware. You've been rooted and founded in Christ, so beware. Because Satan is out to spoil the fruit. And he wants you to get involved in mingled seeds. <clears throat> Apparently there were those who were vain people and whose philosophy busied itself with <clears throat> talking and speculating about the nature and classes of angels and into the ritual of the Mosaic law and the regulations of the Jewish tradition and all about the practical side of life. That's what these people he's talking about were doing. They had this kind of philosophy that they kept looking into all the traditions of the Jews and things. And it's the same today. People love all the, the ritual of religion. You only have to, to see, you know, the, the, the funeral we were at the other day. The people love all the ritual. The bowing to the, the altar at the back and all that kind of stuff. They love it. They love the traditions of men. They love all the various philosophies of men. It says the rudiments of the world. How people love to talk about the fundamental principles of the world. Every time you pick a, watch a television, a nature program on television, they're all telling you about how the animals have evolved, how the elements have come into existence. People love to hear all that kind of stuff. And it was the same when <clears throat> it was written in Paul's day talking about the, the philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world. People love to th talk about how all the heavenly bodies were formed either as parts of the heavens or, and the, the, how man uh, has evolved over the years and the life and destiny, destiny of man. It's all there. And they were talking about it in Paul's day, and they're still talking about it. You know, in First Timothy chapter uh, six and verse twenty, we have what Paul says to Timothy to beware. Of. He says, uh, "Oh Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust." avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely so-called. Even in those days they were having attacks from science falsely so-called. Now nobody's against learning, nobody's against uh, man trying to seek knowledge. But when that knowledge is diametrically opposed to the teachings of Scripture then Paul says, O oh, Timothy, avoid it. Avoid it. Keep away from it. Don't mix the seeds. Don't mix the seeds. They were doing it then. And they're still doing it today. We have Christians who deny the truth, supposedly Christians, who deny the, 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 the Bible stories and the, the flood and original sin and all that kind of stuff. You only have to listen to the program on the radio this morning to see how far the churches have gone away from the truths of Scripture. This mingled teaching is being proclaimed to fallen man as God's word.
the incorruptible seed is being mingled with the corruptible and it says all is forfeited all is forfeited we don't get you can't have a little bit of this and a little bit of spiritual stuff and expect to please God and you know if you're prepared and this is a warning to us all if we are prepared to stand for the truth of God's word you will be regarded as narrow and behind the times that's the way it is I, you know, uh, I, I've come across this just recently because people regard you if you, if you just accept scriptures, what it is that you're, you're narrow. Well, thank God that we're narrow, and praise God if you're considered narrow, because Jesus said it was going to be narrow, and that's good enough for for us. You're narrow because you take Jesus at His word. Narrow is the way. You're part of the old school. That's what they'll say. Fundamentalists. So part of the old school. But you know, we are part of the old school. The school which Jesus taught. That's the school we want to be part of. The school of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be not persuaded to flinch and move one iota away from the teachings of Scripture. It won't be popular. You know, what is talked about? The unadulterated word of God. The sincere milk of the word. That's what we have to go by. The doctrine of Christ and the cross. And that's what Paul said he gloried in. I don't glory in anything else. I glory in the cross of Christ. Do not veer off course. We are all called to work in God's vineyard. And the principle as set out in these verses must be our guide. Refuse to make use of diverse seeds. Continue to minister in the form of sound words. Second Timothy 1.13, Paul writing to Timothy, Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. And seek we have to, by God's help, to rightly divide the word of truth. No mixing. So that we will not be ashamed at the coming of our Lord and Saviour when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ. That's, the, that's when, we will be, when it will be decided if being narrow or not was correct. You know, Peter, when he was writing to the saints, he said, Feed the flock of God, which is among you, taking oversight thereof, not by restraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples, examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory, that fadeth not away. That's what we're working towards. That's the answer. That's the that's that's the important thing. When we see our Saviour face to face. And you know we have Paul's example. And just a few verses before we, we look at these, just before we close. Did Paul, when he was walking around and preaching, did he mix things? Look, he says Romans one one Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated 
unto the gospel of God. He was separated from all that was unholy, all that was worldly. He was separated to the gospel of Jesus Christ. When he went to Corinth, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, what does he say? 1 Corinthians 2, 2. <coughs> I will do, do one. When I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. That's what he came. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. No mingling of seeds. Oh, he ploughed a very straight, narrow furrow. He said, I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. One other one. When he was writing to the Galatians, they had gone astray. What did he say? You're doing all right. Mix it all up. No, he says, I marvel that so soon you are removed from him that called you unto the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another. But there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. He says, you've gone astray. You've started to mix it. You're mingling the seeds. I can't understand it, he said, how soon it has happened. But he says, there isn't another gospel. There's only one. There's only one way we can go. You've gone the other way. And he says, if you've done this, let him be accursed. Quite severe that, isn't it? Just because they were mixing a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But Paul says, I was determined to know nothing else among you save the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's not flinch. Let's not mix. Let's not mix the seeds. Because once we start mixing the seeds, we forfeit the joy, the fruit of the Spirit. We forfeit all that. And we lose it. We lose that joy in our lives. And we only have to look around and see how true that is in so many places today. So let's be determined day by day to try and follow closely the Word of God. It's not going to be easy. But nobody said it was going to be easy. It wasn't easy for our Lord and it won't be easy for you and me.